Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Guile, Guile and Subterfuge on Tumblr, and I'm joined tonight by Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky. I am um, Chickren on Tumblr. I am I am at the Chickren on Twitter. I, I'm going to switch to Twitter. That's okay. me on Twitter. Look for me on Twitter now, kid. <laughs> I switch to Twitter and say I'm Door Podcast, and just um, but all opinions are mine and not opinions of the podcast. We're <laughs> <laughs> not all Packers fans. Right, exactly. <laughs> if, Unless every once in a while, something. If it happens to favorite some Packer tweets, it's like an accident, not an actual podcast opinion. Or somebody um, else is randomly doing media that week because every once yeah. in a while, something. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got Clotho. Hi, I'm Clotho, and you can find me on Twitter at Clotho Spindle. And Kama. Hi, I'm Kama, and I'm not switching to Twitter. My Twitter is almost entirely political, with the occasional Colombo tweet. <laughs> Um, but you can find me at Grammar Saves Lives on Tumblr. And we've got a longtime returning guest tonight. We have Glam. Hey, I'm Glam. You can find me at Glamophonic. That's with an F on Twitter. I'm never on Tumblr anymore, though I warned you my Twitter is mostly me talking about Overwatch and my girlfriend. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a more well-rounded view of the person, I think. So, um... Want to give a standard spoiler warning? Although technically at this point, I don't know if there's anything that we can spoil. I mean, if we oh. can, we'll try. But we. God, might I, I wish we had some show spoilers, yes. but no, we really yeah, don't. And book spoilers. Yeah. I wish we had those. <laughs> right, we might be in a spoiler-free zone for the time being. We should. Um, we should but, just say we will, just in case, that we're going to get angry oh, yeah. reviews on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think in this particular episode, um, definitely a standard trigger warning for rape as well. Um, so. You know, if last week was our therapy episode covering Game of Thrones Season 7, I feel like this is really our palate cleanser episode. And what we want to talk to, talk about tonight is um, maybe our favorite thing in the world, or some of our favorite things in the world, which is um, book Jamie Lannister. You might remember him, tall, blonde, green eyes, <laughs> witty, uh, you know, does some stuff, you know, cool yeah. guy. Pretty good dude. Yeah, and I, I don't think we necessarily saw him in seasons uh, 3.5 through 7 of Game of Thrones. So I think uh, we wanted to spend a little time with him. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I kind of want to get rid of, I kind of want to deal with some of the show issues right off the bat and just ask you guys, you know, what aspect of Jamie do you most miss that's not, you know, most miss that's not in the show? Oh, jeez. His decency. I think he has it in the books. I mean, it's buried, but it's there. And at some point it starts to show and his competency. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like his friggin' storyline at all. Like yeah. <laughs> he mostly, I mean, let's be real. He spent well three or so seasons in the show just standing around mostly. Yeah. Except yeah. when the plot required that he not be in King's Landing, and then he left. <laughs> exactly. 
Anyone uh, else with the aspect of Jamie? Uh, I miss his humor. I just oh, miss that's how the, funny he is yeah. in the books. Yeah, he is super funny. He never gets to be funny on the show. He doesn't. He doesn't. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe I can't laugh. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it, it's a different edge to it when he is, and it doesn't doesn't seem as sharp and. Yeah, I think I I miss that you know the growth and that they totally left out anything about the loss. You know, pretty much after what the middle of four, they left out a lot about the loss of his hand, and they kind of erased mm-hmm. that. Yeah, he, oh. he in the yeah. show he he often feels like he doesn't have any inner life. A yeah. lot of the time, yeah. <laughs> he just is no. It's really like he he. It's because they just kind of move him around. And when they didn't do like his actual plot lines from the books, they just ended up just kind of moving him around to where they needed him to be for the sake of convenience. Yeah, and so yeah. there's nothing behind it within the character. I was going to say he's dead inside, but yeah, <laughs> he went away inside. <laughs> I'm pretty sure okay. Nikolai went away inside a while back. So. <laughs> oh yeah. No kidding. Oh, I think he almost seems like the Jamie that I think the, you know, hardcore Jamie Cersei fans think that he is this, you know, broken, broken, sad ass man who's got nothing going on instead of, you know, this character who is, you know, definitely moving on with his life, whatever, you know, whatever he chooses to, you know, whatever he chooses that to mean, he's doing something. And I mean, frankly, those in those exact words, whatever he chose, whatever he yeah. chose. I mean, that to me is like the definition of sword and feast jamie is that whatever he chose like he yeah, has yeah. um he has agency and mm-hmm. you know, he yes, doesn't that's it he's agency is, is the word i was looking for yeah well he's not just a cersei satellite in the books like he is on the show i mean yeah, he just he, kind of yeah he, he actually has like things he goes off and does and yeah pursues and thinks about and, and because and the show was like yeah, they just and because they dragged everything out with Cersei, we didn't get the the slow awakening and the you know constant repetition mm-hmm. after the Taisha um, talk with Tyrion. There was a constant repetition of um, Moonboy on Kettleblack and Cersei cheating on him, and we missed that. You know the hurt that he feels about that and the slow. You know it was over time that these things happened that ca- he came to see the light. Um, and we didn't get any of that. We just got it abrupt. Like okay, <laughs> all right, done now. See ya plot requires me to go north now <laughs> so that, let's kind of put the show to bed um and maybe we can not talk about it for like 18 months <laughs> you say forever yeah. down with that yeah. and you know why do you guys love like why do you love jamie what draws you to that character <sighs> i don't know i i just like uh when i read the books low those many years ago um i i started off i hated him i was like what was i like 16 or something and i was like oh no it's so gross he's doing his sister and he pushed poor little kid out the window ah. <laughs> then when i got to book three i was like i i just sort of like unwillingly started to really like him because his chapters were so funny and you know then of course his interaction with brienne was just so good because you know, he, I liked, yeah, I liked how unexpectedly decent he was. And mm-hmm. I think the way yeah. that 
he would be thinking, yeah, I'm going to do this and I don't care. And she's dumb and I don't care about her. And But he just keeps doing things that are good and decent. And so, yeah, I was like, oh, so he has stuff going on. I like him. <laughs> I think like, like Glam, I didn't like him initially. I mean, again, you push a child out the window with intent to kill, banging his sister, you know, all those things. But I think when we got his POV chapters, one of the things that struck me is he's like a lot of other, not that there are tons of them, but there are some characters in the series who are these, they believe in these ideals, like Brienne, Sansa, even Loras, you know, this idea of knighthood and you see how he kind of had that once Mm -hmm. and then how it all, you know, got sort of like he realized kind of like just how corrupt it all was and, and all the problems. And it's like, I don't know the, he's a cynic because you know, what's it Mm -hmm. saying behind every cynic, there's like a failed idealist, idealist, yeah, you know, and I really appreciated that. Yeah, yeah, he 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 wants to to believe in these things, but he feels like the world has shown him no, you can't believe in these things anymore. But he wishes they were. They yeah. were sure. You know, I have to go to the Beauty and the Beast thing a little bit because, and think about the animated version and how much like all the traction that I felt for the Beast went away when he was revealed as a handsome man. <laughs> oh my and God, I do you kind too. of feel that with yes. Jamie, like a, the a, second. A, 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 yeah. I love and appreciate Brienne because of, you know, because of her honor, because of, you know, her, who she, her idealism, who she is. But that's not, you know, the fact that that's lurking somewhere in Jamie. That's not why I like Jamie. I like Jamie because he's a smart ass. And <laughs> he's, just, I mean, that's completely it. And he's alive in a series where, you know, there's so many people desperate and on the edge and, you know, it gets really dark. Like his first, you know, some of his first paragraphs are, you know, things like I'm alive and drunk on sunlight. You know, I love that guy. <laughs> like, I love that guy. I don't necessarily love, you know, like, I, I think I might like, you know, if he survives, I might like that guy, you know, on Tarth, who's, you know, Mr. Honor now. Like, I think I might think he's really boring. <laughs> it's It's not so much... It's the fact that there's something underneath. Yeah. He's yeah. not just, it's not just the quips. I mean, if you want that, you could go with like Littlefinger or somebody else who, you know, makes these funny remarks. It's that there's, he's a three-dimensional character, which we mm-hmm. found out, we definitely got, you know, when we got his chapters. And it's not just that he believed in all these things and then, you know, found out that the reason he ended up on the King's Guard was because... Eris wanted to screw over Tywin or whatever. It's it's that 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 is like when he goes back afterwards and the white book and the whole business. It's like him going, okay, you know, he's not gonna go back to being that. I once you yeah. once you become become a cynic, it's really hard to go back to being an idealist. Mm-hmm. But he's like, all right, I'm gonna do things my way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's yeah. what I love I mean he's sort of come to terms in a way with what's happened to him and he's not going to give in to just I mean being Cersei's boy toy that he has plans and ideas and he's going to fix the stuff in the Riverlands and all those mm-hmm. things 
Um, I think it's because I love him for, you know, what he was and also because what he became. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The recovery, if that makes any sense. And there's, and there's an, I think his, it appealed to me, his honesty. And it, it seems weird to say that because his life has been a, lot, a large part of it deception. But I think there's an honesty to him that appealed mm-hmm. to me. And I think there's a poetry in the way he sees the world. And there's the way George writes his chapters are very poetic. There's these moments that really stand out. And uh, that, that appealed to me. And, you know, along with the humor mm-hmm. and the wittiness, but I, I found that very, uh, like an attractive thing in a character. Mm. Yeah. Me, I, you? I, you know, I mean, there are so many things to love about Jamie, but I think for me, the reason that I identify with him so deeply is just because of how completely wholeheartedly he loves. Mm-hmm. I oh, mean, wow. in a story full of people who are just motivated by the, craziest stuff i mean like jamie is really only truly motivated by love ever i mean it's really Mm -hmm. only because of love that he does anything really spectacular and i think oh gosh am i getting emotional about this (laughs) (laughs) hey you guys you you got me you got me going with everything you were saying but like no seriously it's just uh, jamie's just love i mean like he he loves his his name loves his Mm -hmm. people and like i think that to me is what when i got in jamie's head I was expecting a little bit of an anti-hero thing with Jamie just because of what, you know, George does, how Tyrion loves him so much. But I didn't expect Jamie's sole motivation to just be taking care of the people that he loved. And I think that's like, to me, that's like the final thing. It's like, oh, this is what makes him amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can see that in the way he interacts with others. And, you know, there's certain um, with, uh, was it Titus Blackwood with his daughter? I mean, I think that because he, love is such an important thing to him, I believe that some of the choices he makes in his interactions do come down to a sort of, um, uh, I guess, an empathy with that, with uh, family relations mm-hmm. and feelings like, you know, love. <laughs> yeah, there's, I don't want to call it, he's he's very sharp. So I don't know if I can call it kindness but there is definitely a yeah. he he is uh when you first read it he is a surprisingly empathetic person like he oh he yeah very much yeah. sort of with Pia. constantly thinks about how other people are feeling mm-hmm. and can recognize it and you well, know he's, yeah he's clever he he can emp- i mean beyond like just making him a, a better person i think it, you know, it makes him smart as well. Like he mm-hmm. actually can, he can empathize yes. enough to understand where someone else is coming from and change his plans accordingly. And it's well, yeah, crafted. Well, it's well crafted because okay. he doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to be um, wooby and completely weak to have empathy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. right. <laughs> he has some well, emotional it. intelligence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like so as if, far as the empathy goes, it's funny because it's something you you really only get in his head. He doesn't let a lot of it out, yeah, but you hear him yes, in his right. head. Yeah. And this is why I am just mystified when anybody claims to have read the books and and think that Jamie and Cersei are identical as oh, far as yeah. you know how they operate oh, in the world. Because be more different. <laughs> Jamie sits there and just feels not only you know empathy but also sympathy for mm-hmm. like anyone. <laughs> he 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 feels badly for Brienne. I mean. 
you know, he's he's got there's a reason that he is, you know, trying to find her weak spots when he first knows her. But at the same time, he's like, oh, she reminds me of Tyrion. It's like bothering him that he's being mean to her. Mm-hmm. Like in the bear pit, he feels bad for the bear. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Bad for Vargo Hope. Like you can. And like, look at what he does with Pia. Yes, I mean, the head. What? Who? What other person would do that? Like, what other person would well, even notice that someone would be, you know, would be raped and then chop off the head of the rapist and present it to? Her? I mean, who would? That's There's just... that, but you know what it really is? It's when that oh, what's that asshole's name that he leaves in charge of Harrenhal that Jamie leaves oh, in charge um, of Harrenhal? It's um, um Bonifer, Sir Bonifer. Yeah, Bonifer. Uh, yeah. Okay, so he's when, so when, when <laughs> Bonifer takes over, he's like, you gotta, Pia can't be here. He's literally just gonna throw her out. And Jamie's sitting there, he's like, going, she she was born here. This is the only home yeah, she's yeah. ever known. Like, nobody has to tell Jamie how to feel those feelings for someone yeah, who yeah. is insignificant to anyone else. Yeah, you know and what, what other I mean? character like, of his status would even do that? Like, they wouldn't. Exactly. They just wouldn't. <laughs> like, exactly. Like a well, Daca Cersei person, wouldn't, basically. I'll tell you that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we had a... a I think a really good question from it was Nelephant about you know Jamie and, and the rape discussion, which I think we should get into. Mm-hmm. Um, it says hello, ladies and probable gent. Sorry, <laughs> no gent tonight. Um, longtime listen, listener of your amazing podcast. Please keep up the good work. In previous Jamie chapters, you've talked multiple times about how Jamie has been averse to rape and gone out of his way to help stop it from happening, even though in Westeros it's a very common thing. I was hoping you wouldn't mind expanding on that during your Jamie episode next week and explaining why it is that Jamie is so against it and what caused him to feel this way when his peers don't. Uh, yeah, this is this is this is a really good one. Um, not to just like grab this and take over or anything, it. but um, yeah, I think it goes back to his youth and also to that empathy that we were just talking about. Um, it's you know, there are other people in the books, uh, men who will recognize that this is, you know, a crime or shouldn't happen to or isn't supposed to happen to certain people. But Jamie, he it's not surprising that he can empathize with people who have been victims of rape and then through that empathy like you can't empathize with somebody who's been a rape victim and then think oh yeah this is totally cool though like that's where that comes from and i think of course that goes back to uh his youth and and the king's guard and having to to listen to uh rayella and yeah Yeah. would not have even been um well and i think he you know he has moments but Well, and he has moments that he in particular empathizes with women. You know, I think, mm-hmm. you know, I think growing up with Cersei and, you know, trading clothes with her and, you know, her desires to be treated like a male. I mean, I think that definitely made an impression on him. Mm-hmm. And the way he thinks about, you know, when Brienne, you know, oh, they'll hurt her where they can't see. Like mm-hmm. there's, you know, he's For definitely. Sure. He well, don't forget gets, about Taisha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Art in that. Which and... probably weighed even more heavily because he yeah. is that. Well, it does. Part. I mean, we, we don't know it at the time, but you hear, and actually, he starts in A Clash of Kings talking about the Taisha thing. Jamie does. He's sitting in that prison cell, and it's weighing on him the role that he played in this. I mean, you know, he says he had no idea what Tywin was going to do with Taisha. But he was clearly upset about it. He mentions it to Kat when he says, you know, I'm hated by the many for whatever and I'm loved by mm-hmm. one for a kindness. I never. He's mm-hmm. talking about it even in Clash. And yeah, mm-hmm. he thinks about it a couple of times obliquely 
in his early storm chapters, you know, it's there. Like he, he's thinking about it. This is really weighing on him since he's been in prison. Like this is the thing that really, really bothers him is the hand that he had in that whole, you know, horrific display of Tywin's. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it comes down to, yeah, he, he does have empathy for people. He has sympathy and he, you know, has had exposure to poor treatment of women. But I do think, yeah, there's something to it that, you know, he had Cersei, to kind of show him that women are, you know, fully human beings. Like mm-hmm. he, he always gives women credit in his head for being smart. Like he's the one yeah. who spots that Sybil Spicer is the one who set up everything with Tywin. And, you know, like right. he, mm-hmm. he always is giving credit. And to who is it that is um, Gatehouse Amy's mom? Um, the dairy? Oh, geez. Uh, uh, oh, uh, 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 um, I'm pronouncing um, it wrong. I'm yeah. Marie, it's Walda's mom, oh. too. It's yeah, Walda's mom. Gatehouse Amy's mom. But Jamie immediately spots that she's the smart one. You know, Mm -hmm. Jamie doesn't underestimate her just because she's a woman. And I think, you know, of course he's a product of his society. He's not going to be a a feminist by our standards, but, you know, I'm never going to be able to pronounce this. It's Maria. Oh, okay. Maria. It's M A R I Y A Derry, wife of Maria Frey. Knowing George. Yeah. Of course. Maria. Maria, Maria. It's probably Maria. Probably Maria. Yeah. And I think too, you know, Jamie was, you know, beyond Cersei. I mean, from what we know of Joanna, you know, she kind of led that household. And what we know of Jenna, she's kind of a, a tough lady too. And if you think, oh, you know, yeah. those were the two women that, you know, maybe were most involved in bringing him up. Mm-hmm. You know, he, you know, he's definitely been around strong women. And like he lived, you know, he was a squire at the Cray Calls, and you kind of hear Cat talking about the Cray Calls, and they sound like kind of a tough, almost northern esque family. Mm-hmm. And so I think he's probably been, you know, exposed to, like, women in charge for a long time. And, you know, even when he's thinking back, I, it always strikes me when he's thinking back on when he thought that he might marry Liza. And he talks, you know, oh, she was pretty enough, but, you know, Kat was, the older one was more interesting. And I thought that was such a, you know, a different way for a male character in these books to think or to think about yeah. a woman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, to think, oh, she's interesting, and that's, like what was appealing um, to yeah him. it wasn't it, just the looks right off yeah like yeah, he definitely. learned you know he learned at a very you know at a very young age he learned that women were people and it sounds like such a you know ridiculous thing <laughs> no say, but it's but important and especially important. i mean we have examples of people in high positions right now who don't think that i mean it's, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. everybody's you know, everybody's born with that i guess and it's funny because i think what cersei doesn't have he's got her share too Mm-hmm. you know because she doesn't yeah. have that she doesn't have that kind of feelings about no, she. yeah i mean <laughs> that's that's a good point like she had the same up you know she kind of had the same influences potentially yeah that Jamie did, but so i think in some cases if you're in some of that i i personally believe sometimes you don't you're not born with it you just don't have it also, I mean, environment does play a factor, too, and I'm sure the misogyny that Cersei witnessed and experienced doesn't help, but I don't course, think she you know, had she it was, to begin with. Yeah, I mean, she was a murderer at, like, 10 years old, yeah. so... Yeah, she, she is... She's so narcissistic that she 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 doesn't think about things except as how they relate to her. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't Whereas, even think she thinks Jamie's a person. Like, No, yeah, she doesn't. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't. <laughs> no, she thinks of him, when she does she think of her. him, if he's not being inconvenient to her, she thinks of him most positively as an extension of herself. And he knows that. He he comments on that more than once in, t- in his interior monologue. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I think when he, when they're first on the run, and he has... Um, when he shaves his head. He shaves things. his head, yeah, and yeah. he's got the full beard, and one of his thoughts is that Cersei's not going to like it, because She's she likes it, it when they look like each other. Mm-hmm. And I think he's got it. I mean, he may not know, no, but this idea... I mean, it's there in his subconscious that she, you know, he's an, he, she sees him as an extension of her, not as necessarily a person. If that makes sense. It does. Yeah. So what are some of your favorites? So if we took, you know, Cersei, Tyrion, Ty, let's say we'll take Cersei, Tyrion, Tywin, and Brienne out of the mix. And, you know, tell me what a couple of your favorite interactions Jamie has with other characters. Because I think one last thing about the show is, you know, he has almost, he has interactions with such a limited number of people. And, you know, in the books, he obviously has interaction with, you know, quite a, a tremendous number of characters. And, you know, some of them are pretty memorable. So I'm yeah. wondering if there's a couple or a couple, three, oh, as we say in Wisconsin, this is easy that for you me. might be interested in. This is easy for me. Cat. It's, it's the yeah. cat convo. Yeah, that's, that's pretty fun. good. I like him with his aunt a lot. <laughs> I like I him thought, with I mean, um, Davin. I, I like. I, he just seems like a real dude, you know. Mm-hmm. Not like a dude, bro, but like he seems like a real person, and it's like, it's George does a really good job in a short period of time of sort of presenting a family dynamic oh, that's believable. Yeah, he fleshed mm-hmm. that out so well in A Feast for Crows. I was thinking that as I was rereading, like, I love, they felt real. I mean, and just, you know, the conversations, aside from obviously the sort of extreme elements of war, it felt like, you know, real family conversations. They, when, yeah, they feel more like a real family yeah. than the Starks oh, do. Yes. Like, the Starks yeah. kind of feel like they don't really know each other, whereas I feel like uh, Lannisters know each other. I, I think, I don't know that I agree with that. I think with the Starks, you got to remember that the kids are so much younger. Right. And I think there's a certain amount of, like, there's the relationships you have with your siblings when you're kids, and then there are the relationships you have with them as adults, and all of the Lannister kids are adults. And I think there's this, and also they are a very dysfunctional family, whereas I think with the Starks, I mean, book, if we're talking book, chapter, Rob is what, 14, 15? Yeah. And everyone else is, like, Sansa is 12. I mean, they're kids. It's a very different dynamic. Yeah, George, you moron for making him so young. <laughs> but I mean, to me, they yeah. feel like a family, but just a more traditional, like, like I might not know those kids. You know, it's like you're friends with children or whatever. I mean, it's like they don't necessarily have the understanding that uh, an adult would, but I think they still feel legit to me as a family. It's just a different kind of family. They haven't really had a chance to grow into that. Yeah, we're all grown up and we're all going to get sit down with a bottle of wine and talk to each other like, you know, non-sibling well, people. And I think there's an element of when you talk about the Lannisters, the way that they have to um, navigate their family requires yeah. a certain amount of savviness and knowledge because it's not a safe yeah. place. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. I mean, you know, you, you've got to you got to kind of like 
keep a weather eye out and so you might you know pick up on details about a sibling that you may not pick up if you had a good relationship with them or your father um, is you or your know, father you never <laughs> yeah. know what's gonna go on with him and he's perfectly yeah. able I do to think, you know, your girlfriend raped i mean you know yeah. kevin and jenna feel like an actual like kevin and jenna feel like an actual aunt and uncle like they oh, yeah. especially ones yeah. that you know grew up in like basically the same household as as mm-hmm. them like they obviously know these kids really, really, you know, they know these guys really, really well and, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. They are kind of that substitute parent in a lot of, in a lot of ways you can tell. Um, so, yeah, somewhat. You you can tell that the aunts and uncles at least filled some of that role for, for like Tyrion. It's kind of more obvious even than it is for Jamie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think there's a close, uh, I, I would describe it as a clannishness with yeah. the, with the extended family where, Mm-hmm. You know, it's like there's a lot of infighting, but they'll kind of close ranks if there's any external threat. Yeah, um, but internally they will savage each other apart. Yeah, I think you can you can tell that there's some of that because I mean, just look at how Jamie. I mean, like he clearly knows Cleos pretty well. I mean, like they grew up together, and he has doesn't care at all he's that he not, dies. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's not he's not very close to him at all. And, so and- I mean. I, <laughs> I think there's rivalry within the clan, but I think there's also, you know, some loyalty within the clan. Yeah, and then, I mean, his relationship with Lancel is, you know, so, like, he's such the, you know, older cousin. I mean, actually, it's interesting. Like, I think his relationships with Lancel and Loras are both really interesting, that he's trying to play, you know, he's kind of trying to play that father role that he never gets to play with his own children. And obviously, you know, Lancel and Loras are significantly older. Well, I mean, not that much older than Joffrey, really. But, you know, he's definitely trying to... Yeah, yeah, they are. That's what? I'm sorry. I said Lancel is not much older than Joffrey. Yeah, what is he? And is he 16 or 16 in class? Yeah, Joffrey 14 when he yeah, and Joffrey's not that old. 18, so no, Joffrey's Lancel. like 14. Yeah, yeah Lancel, 13. Lancel's 15 or 16 is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I think, Lancel's you know, older. He's he's giving him that kind of fatherly advice that, you know, he can't give it, that he couldn't give his own kids. Um, you know, in both cases, although, you know, neither of them heed it at all. But well, yeah, I mean, that's life. as, as children are wont to do. I think too, like, I think his relationship with Edmure is, I don't know if it's, it's not necessarily his relationship with Edmure, but I think, you know, that scene, you know, the trebuchet scene that everyone gets off on, like, just that word, I think. I think it's popular because people like saying that word. But, um, <laughs> you should all say trebuchet. trebuchet. That could be something I just want to say. But I, I think it's interesting in that, of you know, Jamie knows exactly what he's asking of, of Edmure there. And he knows what Edmure's going to do. So it kind of indicates to me that he knows him a little bit better than we get even from his POV. Like, he knows he's asking Edmure to do the same thing he did, you know, to give up his personal honor for the greater good, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you kind of see it, I think, in his dance chapter when, in his mind, you know, he's kind of defending what Edmure did when, like, the River Lords are grumbling about it. And he's like, mm-hmm. well, it wasn't, you know, he, it was this kid that made him, you know, that brought him over the edge. And I, I thought it was kind of an interesting dynamic that, you know, he is really, like, kind of unspeakably cruel to Edmure in a, in a way to, like, make him suffer what he suffered I think it was Chicky and I could be wrong on this so correct me but a much earlier episode we did I think it was Chicky who said that all the Lannister kids are pretty good at sizing people up Mm. is that you? like they could read a room or they'd figure that part out but that and I think he's got that like I think he looks at Edmure 
and he figures out pretty quickly what's going to make him, you know, capitulate. Well, I think he knows he's essentially decent, which, you know, we, you know, we certainly talked about that in our cat chapters quite a bit about, you know, Edmure bringing in the small folk, et cetera. Like, he's right. I mean, like, there's, you look at, say, how Cat views her brother. Yeah, as a child. Who, yeah, but I mean, or, or Brendan or anyone else who views him, people who arguably know him better. But, I mean, I think Jamie's. I mean, Jamie can size people up. He's not always right. I mean, look what happened with uh, Vargo Hope. But, you know, he does have that skill set. Well, he he does know Edmure, you know, fairly well. I mean, before, well, yeah, the, but- before the escape attempt with Tyrion, he was treated like a noble prisoner and was, like, dining with him and all kinds of junk. But... Yeah, I, think I he mean, he was really dining with him, or they just yes. brought him meals in the yeah, tower. Yeah, I absolutely think he was dining. No, I absolutely so think he was dining. So weird. Like, with what him. a weird dynamic. That's that the way that they did that. Then I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, if you're basing it on a medieval yeah. type system like that, you know, a noble prisoner would be treated like a guest, just not allowed to leave. You can check out anytime you like. It's <laughs> <laughs> the Hotel California. <laughs> that is so going in our description. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, I'm dead. I really like his relationship with his squires and Pia too. Oh, like, yeah. I feel like there's this little, like this kind of sweet, you know, sweet little family that's developed between, you know, Pia and Peck and little Mark Piper and, and Hoster Blackwood and stuff. And I, you know, I love that whole dynamic and I feel like they're all going to be like eaten by wolves, literally. <laughs> as long as Jamie doesn't have to kill him. Right, it's sweet we, while it lasted, you know? The advantage of us never getting wins is that they're still alive. Yes. <laughs> and Davin and Adam right. Marbrand are all still and alive. And like, killed by um, Lady Stoneheart. They're all, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's, you know, it's sweet in that even the ones who, you know, are essentially hostages clearly, like, adore him. And, you know, he's just... It's, you know, he he has that weird thing of the Kingslayer, the man without honor, like all this hatred, but then actually everyone close to him, other than I feel like Cersei kind of really digs him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe the top. yeah. Well, I mean, obviously a biased source, but this is what Tyrion says. Tyrion says he can make people love him. You know, he, he has, a, he has a way with people. I mean, I'm not going to say it's a, a, a kind way or a gentle mm-hmm. way, but he does have a way. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, he's funny. He's a and, straight and, shooter, right? And, yeah, when he was... He's a straight shooter. Yeah, when he... Yeah, was, he, he definitely has a charisma that yes. people are... Yes, that's the that's the term. And for even it. Yes, people that aren't good. on his side, like when he was down outside of River Run, was it? Am I getting name right? Vance and um, oh, there was another lord that was uh, previously, you know, North loyal and they um loyal to River Run, and they were talking to him, and and they sort of took him aside at the end, and they were giving him you know little tips and kind of talking to him, and I'm like, he appeals to people, even people who would be the enemy. Like I think his by his frankness, and there's something about him that doesn't. I guess once they actually sit down to say he's not the phrase, you know, there was a sort of baseness to, you know, how they were dealing with everyone at River Run, and they, yeah. So, well, he has charm and yeah, he has yeah. a decency. And I mean, all those things together. And as, as Glam just said, he has charisma. I mean, you he's also be... really, really hot. Yeah. You look hot. at somebody like, like I'll bring Stannis in who basically he gelds any men of his who rape. I mean, he's un. Well, I really do think he will kill Shireen. But right now in the books, he hasn't done that. 
but he has no charm at all. Yeah. He has no charisma at yeah, all. He does and have charm. <laughs> well, for me, yes, but you know, and for a lot of fans, yes. But I mean, people talk oh. about how they, you know, even when he's right, they he's the guy you don't want to like have to work with on your team. Whereas Jamie is somebody who has all of that in spades. He's got the charisma. He has the charm. He knows how to move people. He's, I mean, got some well, problems. And but... he has, he has the one thing that that I kind of have always wondered a little bit if this is where Tyrion learned how to do it is he's, he can be self-effacing. Uh-huh. Yes. He can, yeah. he can make fun of his own reputation as the Kingslayer. He knows when to use that. Yeah. And like, then when he loses his hand, he makes, makes fun of that to people, yeah. you know, and it's fun of him. Yeah. Well, I, I don't like know if Tyrion it's always does. to, to an extent, but I think he knows it disarms people. Yeah. When he does oh. it, and so he uses Pardon it. Pardon the pun. Yeah. <laughs> 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 hand, but... Yes. Um, and I do think, like, we kind of brushed aside his attractiveness, and I think it's worth pointing out, you know, one thing fun about reading, like, the Arya chapters, for example, mm-hmm. are the number of, like, asides to, like, women saying, you know, oh, if the Kingslayer was here, I'd never let him out. Like, all of these people are very much like, please don't kill him, he's too hot to die. <laughs> like, that is actually canon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think so, too. I, I mean, like... You know, he's definitely in-universe hot. Now, that being said, I've never found the descriptions of Book Jamie Oh, no, attractive he's super girly. <laughs> well, his not clothes just girly. sound, he's... like, so horrific. Like, so over-the-top, so gaudy. It's, yeah, it's the over-the-top mm-hmm. gaudiness that gets me. I don't think it's like, girly. The cape of gold, I think it's the, the velvet, yeah. and the this, and the that. Yeah, and like, oh, my like... God, dude, just stop. What about when he's wearing, they... like, the black thigh-high boots when John describes him? <laughs> I feel like that sounds kind of hot. Like, he's like, <laughs> a little hot i find him a little hot although i don't like they describe his nose as being a little bit um short i don't like i'm not big on small noses like i like big right, noses like, so the shaz, like, Nikolai yeah just put Nikolai's nose on him <laughs> yeah no i mean like it's the golden curls and everything he's just so over the top like just <laughs> I like you that. I like the waves. Men like you weirdo. <laughs> I like the golden curls. I like the waves. Straight-haired Lannisters and the curly-haired Lannisters, and it's like this is just way too much detail. He's a thing about hair, George. Yeah, he loves the golden. Think about hair. Well, he totally does. It's like that stupid book. Oh like, yeah, he does um, mention hair that, first a lot. Strong like the umpteen million shades of Targaryen blonde. Yes, that he, he could, does. Like, and if you. You see it in the, those things on, like, <laughs> when he's at a con and someone will ask about some obscure character who's mentioned once, maybe not even by name, and he can, you know, tell you that it's, um, you know, well, his eyes were Elizabeth Taylor. I mean, he, he can do the whole... Well, so know, maybe, so maybe what I find appealing about Jamie's poetry is really George Martin. I'm, I'm really attracted to George Martin. <laughs> <laughs> the details he sees in the world. <laughs> oh. we, we also have to consider that his whole genetic system is based on hair color. Yeah. So it is really important to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. True, true. We've got Miss Clearl shade number two, you know, two, so, two, two, two. Is there anyone that you guys would like to see Jamie have book scenes with coming up in the next two oh, yeah. um, hypothetical books? Jeez. Oh God! I mean, I, you know, I I don't know if it's gonna happen. I do. Yeah. I know it might be kind of cheesy. I want the brand, like I want to, you know, I want the brand thing to happen at some point, but I don't know if it will. 
but uh, it's a little maybe that's a little cheesy. I don't know. <laughs> Jamie and Brad. Anyone else? God, I mean, I've I've got a weird feeling he's gonna run into Sander, which yeah, I yeah, that's what I yeah want. yeah I think that's gonna happen. I think like his thoughts about Sander are really interesting in that he he seems you know he has no problem differentiating Sander and Gregor. Right. And he has this kind of yeah. sympathetic view of the Hound. And I, I've always kind of thought, like, you know, well, you know why was James the Hound assigned? Yeah, he calls him Sander. Yeah, he calls him Sander. And, like, why would he, you know, why would Sander be essentially Joff's personal guard? Hmm. And, I mean, I feel like it's definitely Jamie that was behind it, because who else would have been so concerned about, you know, the queen and her children having their own personal guard like outside of the outside of the king's guard. I mean it'd be you know, Jamie would be like the one person that would really understand why that would happen. Yeah. And then I think why you know, why Sandor does he you know, because really, you know, Sandor fled from his family's estates when his father died to the Lannisters. And so I mean it's almost like they're protecting him. And so I I, I feel like maybe there's a little bit of a story between um between Jamie and Sandor that Maybe Jamie knows a little bit more of his backstory than yeah, that would be interesting. Than he's thought about. No, or I'm just making. Well, it he up. well he describes he describes him you know he describes him fairly but harshly you know he calls him brutal and um, yeah you know vicious that kind of thing but he does but he says he's still not at the level of of the mountain so I think he and he does say that they're you know he pretty much says that they're going to kill him it sounds like they have every intention of killing I mean obviously things could change but as far as he got in the book he talks about. He needs to be captured. He needs to be brought back in and brought to heel. And, you know, so I don't know, yeah. you know if he'd be. Very... I mean, he, he yeah, he he does say at least once or twice. He's like, well, it doesn't sound like him. But... Yeah. Yeah. He acknowledges. Yeah. That, but if it is, yeah, then he. Yeah. We have a question, which I think. Oh, go ahead. Was there any other meetings that people wanted to hypothesize? Uh, um. Hmm. So this one kind of this one gets I just want to look. I'm not picking. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. So I think about it, like that's a, 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 you know. No, Glam's time. right. Hile Hunt. I want to see the Hile Hunt. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. How could I forget? Oh my gosh. Yes, Glam. That's great. <laughs> I mean, think of like I feel like Hile Hunt is literally named just so that Jamie can like oh, yeah. make derogatory <laughs> like yeah. Oh, Hile Hunt. Hunt. Yeah, yeah. Kyle totally Hunt. happening. <laughs> it's too easy, and George is not above, you know, not above the, that low level of joke. So, I think there's we have an interesting question from a from an anon that gets into um, something that I think Clotho mentioned, but also another I think a good question. Um, you know, do you think Ned could have done the things Jamie had to do if he had been in the King's King's Guard instead of Jamie? And then um, they also get into there's this line in Feast where Jamie thinks that he doesn't regret loving Cersei, only the things he's done to hide it, the boy in Winterfell. And they want to know how much does his guilt over Bran affect him and his decision to keep his vow to Callan? Hmm. Well, I think he will. Questions. I don't know. I As think... for the Ned part, no. You don't <laughs> think Ned would have killed him? No. Really? I, mean, I don't think he would have. See, I, I don't. I disagree. I mean, surely go go right ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, will admit, I don't think about Ned Stark that much. So I mean, what if what if Rhaegar had abducted Cersei and then Tywin and Jaime were brought before Ares and burned to death? You know, is is Ned 
doing anything about it or is Ned well, if, himself, if he did do something about it he would have been a total hypocrite because he said he would you know he said he'd, he'd follow the king so but mm-hmm. yeah but you you know there's saying something like that and then there's being in the moment and i think whatever else ned is and i think he does definitely have his faults i i think he is a fundamentally decent and honest man i mean this is a guy who i mean carries out his own executions kind of thing you know he gets that and i think he would have that would have been enough to make him do something but don't you think maybe he has a rigidness like as kind of you know illustrated by the first um the boy from the night's watch or the young man that he had you know beheaded i mean he could have showed a little bit well, more compassion I mean, and maybe going... honored that a little well, okay but let's back up <laughs> yeah. i mean if it's the idea that he goes let's say into the king's guard at age 16 and all that i mean because the things you go through change you yeah that's true and also I don't know. He's never <laughs> raised. I mean, he's the he's never he's the second son. He's never raised and I think that's part of his issue. He's not brought up to be a leader, which I think a right, lot so of I think what he'd be more likely is, to not do anything. I don't know. I I can't Yeah, I I I'm kind of with Kama on this. I mean, here's what I think, and we kind of tend to forget this with Ned. Ned does completely forsake honor in the end. Oh, you know, yeah. in order to oh, save her. In order to save his daughter, he does completely, completely let it go. And, you know, I think in the end, I, you know, I don't think Ned would have let the city burn up. I mean, like, I, I really don't think he would have. But would he have come to this conclusion, like, as quickly and efficiently as Jamie? Would he have done something silly, like try to detain Eris rather than kill him? Yes, oh, I could totally see. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Like, I could see that. And then but if, the third option. But if, you're, <laughs> if, if the question is, is would he have, like, stood up or tried to act or something, I absolutely think he would have. It might yeah. not have worked. He might have ended up yeah. barbecued just like everybody else, but I can't see him just standing by. I just can't. Yeah, I, I think yeah. he probably would have stood by for the first time. I, I think it would well, have been Jamie like... Jamie stands by. I mean, most people do. It's like that sort of like, what the hell's going on? I mean, look at what's happening right now. There are a bunch of people who I think at some point you hope they'll like come to. You know, That's what I'm talking about you, John McCain. <laughs> what was the second part of this question, Kyle? I, it's been so it long. was, um, you know, how much does Jamie's guilt over Bran affect him and his decision to keep his vow to Catelyn? I mean, I personally think none, because I don't yeah. think he feels guilty over Bran. I think he feels guilty, because, I mean, what would, what from Jamie's perspective, feeling guilty over Bran, like, what, he doesn't think he, he thinks he did it, and I think he did do it to save the lives of, you know, of Cersei and his children. So it's not like he's going to, he, it's not like he would do something different. I think he just feels like his, you know, having, wanting to sleep with Cersei put him in that situation. I think he's, he's regretful about it. Like, I don't know. I think, I mean, well, I think it's pretty, it's pretty inarguable that he, he feels some kind of way about it because he does think about the fact that he wishes it hadn't happened. Like, yeah, but I mean, it, he doesn't, wi- he wishes it hadn't happened, but I don't think he ever thinks about another way he could have acted in that moment. Oh, yeah, I don't he think he wish, thinks Oh, I wish was... I would have just let him go. Oh, no, no, I, no, no, yeah. I, I don't think he thinks there's any, there was any other choice, but I do think that he, I mean, I think he feels a little bad about it, like. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. He do I the same thing. He's a soldier. I think he is a, okay, we lost that battle. I don't think he spends a ton of time going, well, what should I have done differently? Or oh, how yeah. should I? I mean, other than the obvious, well, next time we won't do this. But I don't, 
I don't. I think it's like most of these. A lot of the characters in this this series, they go in, they kill, they do their thing, and if you let that eat you up, you don't come out of that alive. I mean, it you it kills you. I think he. I I don't think he enjoyed pushing Bran out the window, but I don't no. think that is behind his vow to Catelyn. At oh all. no no no. He 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 keeps the vow because I think in part. Just because that's who he is. Like, and I think he keeps it also in part, just kind of out of spite. Because I feel like he, he thinks, like, people think, oh, I don't have any honor. I'm never going to keep a vow. Well, ha, fuck you, I am. Because <laughs> I do think there's an element of that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's eaten up with guilt about the brand thing either. Oh, I no, mean, I think I think up. it's just like, yeah, he, he knew it needed to happen. And, like... People are always like, well, he, w- you know, he's changed. And it's like, well, no, he would absolutely push Bran out a window again in the same situation. I mean, like, if it was like Bran or Brienne, like, out the window, Bran goes again. I mean, this is fundamentally who Jamie is. <laughs> Brienne over here. Yeah. No, think, it would be Bran. I think what a lot of people tend to, like, I don't think he enjoyed that. It wasn't like he got pleasure out of it. I mean, it literally says a lot of characters, like you look at a Ramsey or a Euron, those people enjoy those things, but he's not, it's not, that's not who he is. He does things because he feels they're a necessity. It's not because he's getting pleasure out of it. Yeah. I I think he, he, it was a necessity and he thinks it's regrettable that it was a necessity, but you know, he'd do it again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Just that's like it'll be regrettable, but you know. <laughs> he, would, he would absolutely do it again. I mean, that's kind of how I feel about the Edmure thing. I mean, yes, I, I, I think he knows. You know, if he threatens Edmure's baby, that that's that all it's going to take. He's got Edmure's, you know, number. He knows that yeah. will do the trick. But at the same time, you know, Jamie is the guy who could put a baby in a trebuchet to save, you know, a few thousand people. Like he actually is that person, and it's, you know kind of horrible but it, i mean it's just kind of something you have to but, but i think he also has it. because he's able to see those distasteful things and kind of he he see, i think that's the honesty he sees it for what it is and he sees and he can pinpoint in other people which people enjoy doing those things and which people are doing them for a you know an act of war you know what they yeah. perceive to be a correct yeah. action well, in their own code so and there's that interesting like just his he has a little soliloquy about steel shanks Walton and kind of, you know, these are the, you know, the kind of men that are going to, you know, rape, plunder and pillage in war. And then, you know, go home and, you know, go home to their families and, you know, it'll all be good. It'll all be fine essentially from their perspective. You know, they're just like these kind of rough, simple, simple men. And I think I like that about him that he, he can sort of judge people in his mind, but he doesn't, the people that he has contempt for are the people who are the, you know, really filthy kind of, you know, I guess the word he would say is evil for like a Ramsey type person. So who do you think that Jamie would like, what character that Jamie would know? Like, which one does he dislike the most? (laughs) I've never thought about this. It just made me think like, I wonder who he like really hates. I mean, he, I don't think he has any love for Vargo, but uh, yeah, well, he doesn't, he doesn't like Pycelle. No, but there's a difference between, like, there are plenty of people I don't like. He doesn't but, like are Varys. we talking hate? I or think Vargo talking, was yeah, pretty damn know. strong. And those people, the Gore, uh, how do you pronounce that? You know, Gorge and uh, Roll, you know, all the, oh, that Zolo, oh, yeah, is it Zolo? Brave companions yes, or whatever yeah. the hell they're yeah. called. Yeah. The bloody that. mummers. Yeah, he really, the contempt he feels for them is pretty, yeah, pretty extreme. I don't know. I don't know who uh, he really, really dislikes. Sybil Spicer. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He yeah. does. 
That's, that's, some, that's some of the most contempt I've ever seen from him, I think. I mean, he really, really did not like because she, you know. And I was pretty impressed that he betrayed he Rob. got in the way of her when she was trying to slap, um, to physically abuse uh, Jane. Jane. Like, yeah. I thought, yeah. I mean, and I had forgotten about that. I mean, again, what other character of that rank would step in the way of a mother? Like, would even today, people won't do that. They won't, if they see a kid in public well, being slapped, they won't yeah. step well, in the way. It's I mean, not just that. It's like <laughs> this woman allowed them to defeat their enemy, who was Rob Stark, and Jamie's <laughs> mad at her for betraying Rob Stark. I mean, like, it's, yeah. he just hates disloyalty he, he, so he much. Like, he does. Yeah, like, he feels bad for the bear. Do. He feels bad for Rob Stark. And I mean, also, you know, I think he he sees kind of the honor and the, a little bit of the steel, actually, in Jane Westerling, who, you know, we see her in Cats chapters and she's a little, you know, she's just this young kind, not really insipid. That's not. She's a teenage for, girl. And she was yeah, in and love. He, it's like, yeah. And he's a teenage boy. And right. it's that's why they. But lose, Jamie because, sees her yeah. as this, like when Jamie meets her, you know, he kind of sees the depth of her emotion and. Like the right, well, she's, for loyalty and that Rob. sort of circles back to what Chicky was saying about love that I sort of think he, in a way, whether he admits it or not, he subconsciously connects with people when he could see, okay, she really loved Rob and he could probably read her yeah. if she had just been money grubbing or, you know, as sly right. as the mother. Like he respects yeah, her. he would have read he that. immediately respects yeah. her love you yeah. know, because of you know, her obvious, like, genuine grief over, um, yeah. over Rob. And yeah, I mean, it's, again, another person that will probably be eaten by wolves, but... Yeah. <laughs> or maybe the wolves will like recognize her as one of their own. I'm hoping. Oh, no. <laughs> it seems only fair. Oh, she has a little wolf in her. Um, sorry. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I know. Um, let's let's speculate wildly. So, from a um, physical location perspective, where do you guys think Jamie's gonna go in wins? <sighs> After the frick frack shack, like after he's done with Brienne and the the thing, I mean, what are like how far in are we talking? So I think he's got to get done with his times with you know. Well, she's still with him. We'll be lucky if he makes it two miles and wins. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I'm not real confident about his ability to get. Yeah, the the pace is glacial at this point. Well, and even well, even if he does, I mean. I'm thinking about where Brienne is taking him. Well, that we think. I mean, we don't know where she's taking him. You know, it's sort of like... Poor Pod's been hanging from a tree for 11 years. Well, no, it's like, you know, um, when... When D and D got the series, I'm sorry, I'm going to. I think about we have to. Briefly. I think we have to right here because we have to say, but, hey, but does like this give us any the, clue? The re- part of the reason they got the thing is because they correctly guessed the identity of Jon Snow's parentage, which I got to be honest, I'm reading this and I'm going. I think we talked about this. It's sort of standard fantasy tropes. I don't yeah. know. I mean, sometimes George. The obvious is the obvious, and I hate to say it, but I'm pretty sure Brienne is leading him back to certain death. And in that case, it is like two miles. Well, but but here's the thing: if well, here's the thing: if if D and D have written a show, I mean, I know they're getting a lot wrong, but I'm working. Well, I'm they, sort of working oh, yeah. with the assumption that he is going to end up be, being in the final battle because that's the way they're writing it. And I don't think they would have written if for all the things that they would do. I don't think that's one thing that they would change. So I think he's not going to die. You mean die with Lady Stoneheart? I mean, or further? Well, I think Brienne is leading him to Lady Stoneheart. But I think he'll get. You know, they'll get out of it. And 
So, yeah. okay, there's there's two possibilities, one of which is we're not, you know, we may get this book, but he will have journeyed two blocks, as yeah. Chicky is. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, okay, if that's what, yeah. So and then well, there's also, where is Brienne taking him? And I think it's likely she is taking him back. Oh, yeah, I agree. I, I didn't know if he meant, so, like, he was going to die there the, or not. The no. assumption that, yeah, they're, I'm making the assumption they're getting out of it. Yeah, because he so, makes it you know, to the final see, battle. I mean, well, it would be... Do you see Jamie heading to the Vale? Do you see him going to Casterly Rock? Like... Where do you see his plot going? I mean, in wins? what we've got it, a little bit to kind of inform that is the amount of time that they've been missing. And I think from what we hear from Kevin, like, you know, as hard as they were hunting for the outlaws before when Jamie was running things in the Riverlands, yeah. they're hunting far harder now that Jamie's missing in the Riverlands. So I kind of feel like he's not there anymore. Yeah, so I do down. feel like they went somewhere. I mean, if this is post some confrontation with Stoneheart, maybe, I don't know. But yeah, I've always thought probably the veil. And I really think that since I read Sansa's chapter. For yeah. Maybe with a pit stop at the quiet aisle. That would be nice. Well, and <laughs> I doubt it. But yeah, I think someone be... else will go to, I don't think they'll go to the quiet aisle. I think someone else is going to the quiet like aisle. Sir and that's Shadrick, why we were introduced. Maybe. So I don't know. Do we all agree that they're pretty much, as it sounds like, again, like looking where the, the show is leading us that they're going to stay together at that point. I, I think they I are. Or you, I don't necessarily think so. You don't so. think so? You think they're split know. up again? I kind of think that that's it until know. the final battle. But I don't know. Clearly Maybe they have idealistic. some sort of adventure. Like, they're somewhere together for at least, like, six weeks, we're talking here, that yeah, we know in the books. While. It's been a while. And, like, it, it seems like for them to keep him hidden is really hard to believe. So... That's why I think that if there is a meeting with Stoneheart, they immediately leave that meeting and go somewhere yeah. else. Whether it's west to, to go save Edmure and Jane, I don't know. If it's east to the Vale, I don't know. Maybe. Um, I kind of tend to think that's where Brienne is going to end up, and so that's why I think Jamie probably. And maybe it's like my too. rose-colored glasses, but I don't see there being. I can't think of a reason that would separate them. If there was something that was, that was significant, then why would it have been skipped in the show? So I, so I'm sort of being idealistic and saying once they end up together they're going to end up together yeah, for the rest of the It's hard to know. It's hard to know though. On the other hand, like let's play devil's advocate here with the show though because yeah. I don't think any of us think Cersei's going to be alive this long in the books. Or I I'm kind of starting to wonder. I mean, honestly, she's definitely not going to be in charge <laughs> well, yeah, this long. Though. No, so no. Yeah, no. They have played so. so fast and loose with that timeline. I don't know that they didn't just say, well, if we're not killing Jamie and his in his book, Death, why don't we just save him for the final battle? So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you can go off the show for this. I, I will that. go off the show and say they're going to survive Stoneheart. I feel like the show has pretty strongly right, indicated but that. I, I think they've played, there's so much they've changed, and for various reasons that have nothing yeah. to do with the timeline, I'm pretty sure. I would say I'd hang on to his weirwood dream of, you know, fighting the icy, you know, the icy knights with Brienne and their magic swords. That, that I That's what I'm thinking. I mean, I think they're going to end up with the yeah. final I battle. I mean, I just don't know the, what could separate them, but I don't I know. I always thought he'd die in the north. I've always thought he would die in the north because of that dream, and I still think yeah. that. But, you know, I just, I don't know that we can assume, assume mm-hmm. that, that, that he gets the final battle because of the, because of yeah, the Yeah, I mean, I he could be in, like, the, you know, penultimate battle, you know, yeah, like, he's he, pretty safe assuming he survives whatever his initial confrontation is and wins. I feel pretty yeah. good that he does because of the show. So, speaking of Jamie's death, we have another question <laughs> from, a, from an Anon. Um, thoughts on Jamie as Cersei's Valonqar? I'm personally not a fan of this one, especially with the J.C. Shippers fucking party line of he'll kill her, then himself BS. 
As long as Brianna's alive, that shit ain't happening. Um, you know, they, they ask about how the Stoneheart situation will play out and if we think JB will be canon in the books, too. But I think, um, yeah, I mean, we've all kind of discounted the romantical murder-suicide, and are we maybe being naive to think that that won't happen? I hate prophecy so much. I really, I would love it if it turned out that Maggie the Frog was just, like, fucking with them. Um, It's that stupid prophecy. Well, one thing that always worried me was that I always got the feeling that there was, Jamie was extremely worried with good reason and made thoughts in his head and there's sort of things going on that, you know, when she suggested, oh, I could be, you know, handmaiden to the queen or queen's lady. I think he's terrified of that that Cersei would ever find anything, that he had any kind of even strong attachment to Brienne. So I have do still have a worry that that will somehow play a part in that, that, that something will happen to her. Well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like, and then George made the point of having, is it Kyburn who somebody points out that Valencar doesn't have to be like, well, it's the, isn't it the dragon that, yeah. She's got the translation a little off yeah, or whatever. It's and not necessarily gendered. Yeah. Well, they I don't did that know. on the show. They had Miss Sande say that on the show. Yeah. Okay. So, right. But yeah. I mean, it's in the text of the book. I'm pretty sure, isn't it? Well, but, yeah, I think it was in her, the, Someone the said that was promised. Somewhere else, someone said that dragons don't have a gender. Fandom has extrapolated that to what showed up in the show. So it's almost like they took that from fandom. So that thing of well, it's even Targaryen. Oh, did I make this like up? That, no, there's I think whole, no, no. Dragons don't have a gender. That's in the book. I could swear about yes. the Valonqar. No, where it's somebody... Azor Ahai, and it's Aemon Targaryen and the prince that was promised. Oh it. yeah, it's yeah. that that word. Oh, it Aemon, could be Aemon decides it have be a gender. It could be princess. Oh, yeah, and what yeah. a you know what a fool yes. he was. But we don't know that for sure with Valencar. This is just the interpretation of Valyrian since What's-His-Face finally wrote it, right? Okay, yeah, I'm looking at the wiki. You're right about the prince that was promised. So then do you all think if the show goes there, do you think that that was what George wrote? Or do you think show's just going by what people... The Valencar? I don't think the show has any relation. The show really hasn't done anything with that. I mean, they kind of abandoned that part. No, I mean, yeah, yeah, so you think the show's not going to go Valencar? The show no, I think left that part well. of the prophecy out. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. remember really the Maggie the Frog scene? We only got part of it. Yeah, we didn't even get that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I have a hard time extrapolating anything from the show onto the books. Like, I, I just know. think that... I still think so for some major oh. things they might happen. Like, I still you think can, John and Danny are probably gonna thing. have stupid sex. But well, yeah, like, some of their I'm stuff makes sense in a sense. I mean, like, I could see certain events happening, but I think the context is so missing. Yeah, that it's gonna. Be and a lot of it, like, okay, would Stannis kill his daughter? Yeah, because there's a mild snowstorm. No, there's no way. <laughs> no. Would he kill if he legitimately thought that millions of people would die? I and I'm taking that from some other user on Tumblr who it might have been It's me. Nobody <laughs> suspects the butterfly, it might have been turtle paste. I don't know who said it, but I think For yes. Me. I think you possibly, Guile. I you're not the one I'm thinking of, but um but there's a different context. It's not just yeah. oh, look. There's a mild snow out. I'm going to kill my only heir versus, you know, if you legit think that the future of the world depends on her death, you know, I think he'd do that. But that's a whole other thing. 
I mean, it's horrible and awful, but it's, yeah, but that's, well, the sh- but I mean, that's an example of where I think the show might be wrong. But this, yeah. but again, you know, there's still something you can infer from that. Like we're, you know, now we know George intends to kill Shireen for sure. I mean, like, although he may change his, I, who knows? Sounds yeah. like, he might, yeah. I, if anybody, I think she might get. <laughs> she, if he's she smart, he'll insane. change his mind. Just Maybe he'll see the crap writing in this and change his mind. Some of this, but you know, but I, I mean, mean, like, like we're, it's we're context. Kind of, like, I mean, he. They they swapped out stuff more than once for their own shitty whatever they thought was better. They've yeah. done it several times and it doesn't mean I mean that is everything though. It's not just that I get it. I mean like for you the context is everything. For me it's just like give me some broad well, stuff. everything, but it's a significant nice. part. I mean it's like the whole thing that pissed me so much with um Tyrion and Jamie. Like yeah. they had that conversation about bug squashing that lasted like 20 minutes. <laughs> But, you know, at no point did Jamie tell Tyrion, you know, I lied to you about Tysha. He never had that conversation. And they set that up to do that, too. They could have done it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, for me, it's just like, okay, I I can fill in what George would have the motivations for something be. I just kind of take the broad strokes from the show. I mean, like, I'm not taking their, you know, obviously they have no idea what they're doing with characters. (laughs) I mean, they really don't. I mean, like, they just, you know, their characters are all kind of, like, in three categories, and that's that's it. You know, there's a flatness there. But, I mean, we're kind of screwed, though, trying to speculate on book stuff for Jamie and Brienne because of the fact that they so clearly changed Sansa's story. And I think we all know that Sansa and Brienne are somehow going to be connected in the books. And so when they changed Sansa's story, they changed the Jamie Brienne story. And so we'll that's never true. be able to figure out exactly what it should have been from the books, from the show. I mean... Mm-hmm. Which sucks because we're never going to fucking get it all in the books. So we're probably never going to actually really know what it was. All we're going to know is that they were supposed to hook up and bang. And that's all we're going to Oh, I'm get. just going to imagine they're together forever then. I don't give a shit. <laughs> so are we all like, are we all buying in that they're going to be canon in the books? Yes. Yeah. Oh, God, because like, yeah. pretty obvious. They already are. This show <laughs> does not want to do their ship. Like, look yeah. how long it's put it off. And yet they can't uh-huh. avoid doing it yeah. because it's clearly so canon in the books. Exactly. Like, I've been saying this for the longest time. Look, the only reason, based on the degree to which they clearly do not care about Jamie or Brienne's characterization, the only reason they're both even still alive in the show is because they have to be together, and it's that fucking important. Yep. 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 Because clearly, like, they, they're not invested in it in the way that we're invested yeah. in it. And they're not invested in it even, like, in the way that you'd think that a show that had been setting something up for five seasons would be invested and in it. And we thought they were more invested in it than they were. Because they laid a lot of yeah. groundwork for this stuff, like, in season three. And even the beginning of season four yeah. of the wedding. So, something is going I, on. I also think it's so clearly in the books. It's so, it's so <laughs> obvious. We're not, this isn't like a... Hey, this random spear holder number two is mentioned, and <laughs> we're gonna create a whole backstory for this one guy. No, this is like laid out. This is a this thing. is not a crack ship, kids. Yeah, no, I have plenty of those. Trust me, I know the difference. Between... I'm not knocking crack shipping. I'm just saying no, this is and they have significant for it in the world, yeah. and I say that as an ardent crack ship. But trust me when I say that as a crack shipper, that Jamie and Brienne is not a crack ship. That is uh, crack ships wish they had what we have. And they have important point of view chapters. Like they have a good number and they have important ones. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. You guys just stop talking about crack. This is like <laughs> a family show. <laughs> On which I have dropped so many F-bombs, I can't even. <laughs> that one 14-year-old's mom is not going to happy with all this crack. <laughs> <laughs> So we have, um, I know Kama's going to get into the mailbag in just a little bit, but there's a additional question we wanted to fit in, which was um, this kind of lighthearted question about saying the, um, from an Anon, who says, Spotify knows that the official um, Game of Thrones account there has made a playlist for many main characters, including Jamie. And her question was more of a request. If we could each give three songs, which I'm not going to make us do. Um <laughs> That you associate. I'll post them on my Twitter. I'll post them on my Twitter. Yeah. I'll post them on my Twitter. Is this real though? Does Spotify have a Jamie playlist that's like an official Jamie playlist? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have wow, I really? Idea. Yeah. Damn. There's all kinds of stuff on there. Um, yeah, this is. I can't. It, look, fan mixes are serious business. <laughs> and I cannot commit to that business. in this short amount of time. I think a yeah. lot had something oh yes she did it was in uh the, she it said was, um, um it was nina simone oh, and for that yeah she said don't let me be misunderstood by nina simone version that question was so my jam oh. <laughs> so we'll have to look up the <laughs> do our listens that is a... <laughs> mm-hmm. I, i'm calling it glam like i i knew that this question existed but i forgot about it until right before we started recording and i i didn't you know something i always play to get in jamie headspace is um Simple Man, it's uh, like an old Leonard Skinner song. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, it's always a very, like, Jamie Headspace song for me. I suck at this kind and of I question t- I t- particularly. It's like I totally don't, I don't ship, like, you know, I get why, not the incest part, but I get why some people might like that weird dynamic, but the I don't ship JC, but I... A lot. Some of the songs that I associate with him are, have to do with that sort of like a falling out feeling or the betrayal or things like that. So I, it's weird because it isn't all just like a Brienne like you know romantic things, but a lot of mine lean that way. Okay, well the best Jamie Cersei song is, and I lie to you not, "Blow Me One Last Kiss" by Pink. Oh, <laughs> that'd be good. Oh, it is my dream to make an actual like fan vape. For that. <laughs> See, this that is maybe awesome. where we need Gato because she's got all of her great videos that have you know good, um, good Jamie oh, songs. Oh yeah, Gato would mm. totally have twelve songs. This would be like I'd love for our listeners to maybe yeah send us because clearly we're falling down on the job here. Well, I like, I like "Fail for You" by Luke Sital saying um, off the top of my head. There's a couple of ones by Bears Den too, the band, but can't remember the name. I really like. Um, Blood Bank by Bonnie Vare, and it has like the lines, um, "I'm in love with your honor, I'm in love with your cheeks," which is like, I, think oh. that, I mean, oh, are we doing Jamie and Brienne songs? No, <laughs> but that. I mean, I mean, this is definitely, I mean, it couldn't, you know, the whole thing We're is just very listing Jamie songs Brienne. we like, or no, oh, no, these, these have to do with like Jamie. Brienne. These ones have to do. <laughs> yeah, no, no, they have to do with Jamie, the one I listed. No, there's that. Mumford and Sons like. song that is so Jamie and Brienne. Oh, What's like that little, Mumford and Sons? Are you thinking oh. Little Lion Man? No, or, no, no. That ma- that makes me think of Roll away oh. No, it's like Ghost, Ghost that we knew or something. I can't oh, remember. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know I the one like you're talking that's about. That's another band too. that secretly is writing Game of Th- or a Song of Ice and Fire <laughs> songs. Because oh, Little God. Lion Man, come on. <laughs> oh my God. Well, there's another one too that sounds just like Jamie to me. 
Yeah. So I think they're mm-hmm. like, you know, aren't there like Harry Potter bands or there were Harry Potter bands back uh, in the yeah. heyday? Oh, mm-hmm. that Lion's Roar market. song by what was that band's name? The um, oh, are they a uh, Norwegian band or? Well, look at like Led Zeppelin with Tolkien. I mean, yeah, yeah that's yeah, that's true. <laughs> there's a long, there's a long glorious tradition of fantasy rock songs, oh, yeah. which I would think there should be some more bands doing it. You know, it's funny none of us <laughs> said the Bear and the Maiden Fair. Totally <laughs> irrelevant and not particularly um. Oh, in a reverent thought, I was watching This Is Spinal Tap and their Stonehenge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. 11-inch Stonehenge or 22-inch or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I I have one. I have a couple of the soundtracks, and the actual Kingslayer theme is really, you know, it's what I believe it plays over the bath scene as well. And, you know, it's on, obviously in other parts of the show. And, I mean, you know, that obviously reminds me of Jamie quite a bit. And I think, you know, when you listen to the whole song, you know, it starts out very, it starts, it starts out very dark and dark and kind of deep and it gets lighter and lighter and lighter towards the end. And I think that is a nice like allegory though of, you know, his journey too, like his, you know, the weight, some of the weight of the world coming off of his shoulders a little bit, you know, some other weight coming back onto it, but. I got um, one. I, need, I can't wait to look these all up. <laughs> I'm thinking of that, hey, hey, I saved the world today. You know that one? Hey, hey, I saved that world today. It's like, that no. strikes me as a Jamie. Oh, man. People <laughs> See, are, now we really have to, everybody's to fill on their Twitter because I'm curious about it. Yeah. I, I'm remembering it's, bits um, and pieces and lines. It's too. a Eurythmic song, and it's <gasps> like the bad thing's gone away and everybody's happy now, and I think about like, you know, he killed Eris or Ares, and, um, you know, everyone called him a Kingslayer, but he made the bad thing go away. And, you know, if he hadn't done that, I mean, that war would have gone on. Sounds like a Robert, a Robert Aaron thing. He made the bad thing go away. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> he made the bad thing I can't fly. believe you don't know this song. You should look it up. It's really, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I think of it, it. The first time I ever heard it was ironically on a Sopranos episode after Tony killed, um, I want to say Richie Aprile, in a particularly brutal but satisfying way. Oh, I've, and that was I've a song never playing heard over this. the lyrics. I'm looking it up in the lyrics. I've never heard this. Oh, I have to. Can't listen right now. But. Well, I'm, I'm older than you guys, and I we remember all the learn. 80s. We all better. learn from podcasts, guys. <laughs> <laughs> One last okay. question, I think, before we get into the mailbag, unless um, unless you guys have additional things, but. I wanted to ask, you know, kind of at the end here, is there anything you don't like about Jamie? <laughs> His taste. He's got terrible clothes. I mean. His taste level's questionable? Yeah. yeah. Completely. I'm okay with that. <laughs> you don't care if he's wearing, like, the Liberace outfit. I've got a lot of dark, deep red in my house. <laughs> 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 Clotha Lannister. <laughs> I mean, Clotha, we know that, you know, deep down you want him in a dress. Anyway, oh, yeah. So, really so I'm all about that. <laughs> Anything, you know, related to his character or his personality? I know you're waiting for a real answer, but it's like. I know. I know. No, and I mean, I, I'm also trying to think. Yeah, of... I mean, it's like hard. I mean, obviously, like, it's like, oh, the blind spot for Cersei, but he wouldn't be who he was if he didn't have all that back history. And, you yeah. know, so I'm not even going to mention that. So. <laughs> I think, you know, I'm, I'm good with the message. <laughs> I, 
wish yeah. that he, you know, I wish that he tried a little bit harder with his kids. Like, I wish he... I wish he tried a little bit harder with Tom and when he kind of had a little opening to do it. Yeah, you know, there was a line he made, and that was the one thing out of all the things I read that he said, because it's a typical guy thing to say when he said that um, Joffrey stole her breasts. And it was such a, like, <laughs> such a, like, as a woman yeah, who yeah. breastfed, it's like, you Shut don't up. want to hear that from a guy. Like, yeah, like, you st- like that's the most, oh, you always, like, ew, that kind of guy. So I am disappointed <laughs> that he's that kind of guy. <laughs> The breastfeeding bothered him. Okay, so I'll give it that. Basically, he needs a little intervention about like that kind of stuff, and he needs a fashion makeover. Far more than Brienne does, I might say. So, uh, Kama, if there's nothing else, you want to hop into the mailbag? Sure. And actually, before you do, I'm going to make an announcement. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> nothing, right. I have nothing earth-shattering. But I just um, wanted to give a little bit of uh, scheduling update for people so they kind of maybe know um, what kind of questions we're looking for coming up. So we'll be going into the Tyrion episodes. And so if you have any questions or anything you want us to discuss about Tyrion, you know, particularly uh, Game of Thrones era Tyrion, send those in. And then also we will have, we're going to continue to have season eight update episodes. We probably won't have the first one until sometime in November. And we're also going to be doing another drunk cast sometime in the next couple of months. So if you have questions that are specific to, you know, season eight spoilers or news that come out or questions that you specifically want us to address in a drunk cast, um, yeah, the sillier, the we'll better. tally those up. And, um, yeah, the sillier, the better. Or serious, because serious could trip us up, too, in a drunk cast. <laughs> <laughs> you think in a drunk cast could trip us up? Yeah, if you have True. questions relating to any of that, we will um, we'll hold on to them. So send them on in as you as you think of them. Okay. So I should get into mail, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, we got some stuff. Um, we got a very long one from Adler. I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing. hope that's okay. And Adler writes, good night, everybody. Um, I'll have to find, good night, everybody. I'll have to find a more creative gender neutral greeting so that way the potential gentleman guests won't feel left out like last week. Sorry, Devin. Um, and then goes on to say, I wanted to know, what do you think about the ghastly what could have been? Um, I think this is referring to um, Martin's, like, the book plan for the series. And I quote, this is me again saying, from my unverified source, Jamie becoming king by murdering everyone else ahead of him in line for the throne, blaming Tyrion for the murders. Elements still of the still remaining Game of Thrones where it is hinted that Jamie may be planning to take the Iron Throne himself. However, eventually, however, eventually he becomes a more sympathetic character. I don't, and I won't see a way in which Martin could have pulled that off, aside from writing something entirely different from the final product, making Jamie some sort of Euron, perhaps. Um, shudders from disgust, that's in parentheses. That was a close one for Jamie. Thanks for putting so much heart and effort into this, making freaky, geeky, bookish people like us so incredibly happy every week. So I think this is referring to that outline. Uh, yeah, the outline. Yeah. I, I can jump on this. So you may not have noticed this, but it's pretty obvious from the original outline that George had that Cersei and Jamie were the same person. So you had uh, actions from both of them that were combined into what uh, George's original Jamie character was. And then George clearly <laughs> split them in twain and made them twins. And so you have Jamie doing Jamie things and Cersei doing the things that were Jamie's in the original outline. And is it's pretty clear from the, the throne yeah. stealing and all that, 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 that is 
Cersei's the one. Was she wasn't mentioned <laughs> yeah. in the outline, right? Is that correct? Was she in? Well, I don't even think she's mentioned in yeah, it. Yeah, so I think that it's would make, no. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. And like, I don't think Jamie losing his hand is mentioned in it. Like, doesn't Rob lose a hand in the original outline? Oh, that's so funny. Or Joffrey does, or something. Like, it's not. I'm, yeah, it's not like Jamie. A, a love triangle between Tyrion, Arya, and John. Which yes. Is, <laughs> yeah. So it's like he has these ideas yeah. he wants to use. He just didn't. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, and if this is someone who hasn't actually read the books, like, it's pretty clear from the books that Jamie has zero interest in ruling oh, anything. Yeah. Yeah, and in yeah. fact, he actively avoids it at every yes, possible yes, occasion. Yes. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Because doesn't Cersei keeps trying to give him oh, things yeah. and he's like, yeah, I don't want this. Hand, or whatever. She wants him to be the hand. I mean, constantly. you'll notice here he is in like at the end of Feast and in, in his dance chapter, he's saying, oh, crap, I've got to go back to King's Landing and take over. And he's like, dreading having to do it and then Brienne shows up and is like hey I need your help and he just like <laughs> jumps at the chance he dumps everything yep let's go and which is what he's pretty much like if you read his last like three or four chapters that George has written over those two books it's pretty obvious Jamie is realizing okay I can't avoid this anymore I'm gonna have to take over which is not something he wants in any way shape or form so yeah I wouldn't worry about it ever happening books or so Jamie <laughs> Jamie's sitting on the Iron Throne Okay, then we got we got a message from Julie. Um, okay, so this is, I believe she's referring to our episode description. And she says, I must urge you to spell New Mexico chili correctly. Chili, this is chili spelled with an I, is that stuff with chili powder and meat in it. Some people add beans. The delicious, uh, the spicy delicious vegetable grown in New Mexico is spelled like the country, but not capitalized chili. Thanks so much, y'all. Okay, okay, now that I live in Texas, but I'm from New Mexico. So I'm very sorry, Julie. I think I was the one who typed up the description, and I can't spell clearly or punctuate. But so What if we're talking about chili with New Mexican chilies in it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So I'm just, I'm just reading the mail. That's my job. I'm not okay. reading the description. Um, but that is my bad. I apologize. It's a little too late to change it now, but... Um, Next time we refer to New Mexico chili, we'll try to punctuate it properly. <laughs> or not punctuate, use capitals properly. Um, okay, then we got a message from John about the email we had about the um, Brienne and Arya's uh, fight. A quick note on Brienne and Arya's sparring. That male writer was completely wrong, probably a 15-year-old who's watched too many crappy action movies, just like D&D. <laughs> Aside from all the character stuff you already roasted the idiot for, they are wrong on the mechanics. I have fought with small swords and long swords and rapiers. Needle is a cross between a small sword and a rapier. Size, weight, and power matter a lot when long swords are in play. Reach is decisive no matter what sword you have. Arya did mostly use deflections, which a small sword can do, but there were a couple of unrealistic parries. Furthermore, it's really hard to dodge a longsword unless your opponent sucks and you know where they are going to swing. More important, a couple of months of stick fighting is nothing compared to a lifetime of dedication. Brienne has been fighting full-time since she was young. Arya funked, flunked out of the not-a-fighting-academy. She cannot beat one of the best knights on the planet. Yes, Brienne is. Jamie basically says so in his chapters. <laughs> Anyway, it was a fun spar to watch, and they weren't fighting for keeps. If they were, it's no contest. But fuck the haters, fuck bad show writers, and keep up the great work. 
I love this. This is great. <laughs> I do too. I, I was gonna <laughs> say we you. needed to get Eon because she was a she was a, yes. a fencer. Yeah, and she could have. And I know she has some experience with that. Uh, let's see. Um, we and I, I was like willing to give. I'm like I know nothing about sword fighting except like no, watching. Thank it. you for writing in Sword Fighter Man. Yes. <laughs> um, and then we have a message from David who writes. Uh, his subject header was book Jamie extravaganza. Hello, assorted ladies and miscellaneous gents. Congratulations and condolences on getting through season seven. Sorry to hear about Kama abandoning you for season eight, but hopefully she'll be so rage drunk she comes back. Wouldn't count on that, David. Um, Anywho, I think the best example of Jamie BB, that's before Brienne, transitioning to Jamie AB after Brienne, is in his handlings of the Riverlands during A Dance with Dragons. Instead of being all battle and bloodshed, he instead uses negotiation and diplomacy to clear, clean up the aftermath of the War of the Five Kings. I think this is a symbolic gesture showing his rebellion towards his tyrannical father and vile ex-girlfriend slash sister. It honestly seems like he is having a constant internal conversation with himself asking, what would Brand do? Or at least that's what he should be asking himself. Because two knights crossing enemy lines to fall in love makes a great ballad, while the brother and his sister fucking is just nasty Targaryen <laughs> shit. <laughs> okay, I've rambled way too long, and I apologize for making you stumble through reading this. Thanks for a great p- podcast, and say hi to Clotho for me. Oh, hey! <laughs> hey! <laughs> okay, uh, then we have Clotho's one gotta from... Be- <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Uh, we have one from Steven. Subject heading is Mime of Thrones. Greetings, females and intermittent males. Um, okay, so they're male all the time. They're just, you know, you don't always <laughs> they have don't them become on the male when they when they go on podcast. <laughs> Thank you for your. That's me saying that, by the way. Thank you for your heroic endurance of this latest round of the travesty that is Game of Thrones. I would probably agree with you all on pretty much everything you say about the series, but I feel that it may be even worse than we realize. For seven episodes, I watched Nikolai Costa-Waldo clenching and unclenching his jaw muscles, Aiden Gillen lurking in corridors, twirling his villain's mustache, Gwendolyn Christie stuffed into an oversized suit of armor looking like a constipated turtle, and Amelia Clark showing all all the signs of having had her entire head forcibly thrust into a bucket of Botox. And at the end of it all, I find myself unable to recall hearing one single line of dialogue from any of these people. Do they in fact talk at all? Or is it perhaps the intention of the writers to express the novels of George R.R. Martin in mime? Lena Headey spent the entire season in a chair, rubbing her abdomen and smirking whilst Anton Lesser smirked, si- or smirked silently next to her, wrapped in a dirty blanket. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> Kit Harrington is still standing on some windswept cliff with that same look of acute indigestion on his face that he had three seasons ago. I recall one of you saying that you might watch season eight without the sound. I doubt it will make any difference. <laughs> Most of the cast are excellent actors, but they are being forced to grimace and roll their eyes pantomime style to convey anything as they have no lines. What the actual fuck? On a lighter note, I look forward to your book, Jamie, episode. I have only read the books twice, but he and my he and Brienne are my favorite characters. Do I ship them? No need. George R.R. R. Martin has done that for me. Keep up the good work. You have you do not suffer alone. Aww. 
Uh, Sorry, I need to take a breath here. Yeah, I mean, there's a distinct lack of dialogue. Yeah, well, weren't you the one who said, I don't know if it was on an episode or if we were just talking, Gail, and you said the thing about how Jamie couldn't have dialogue because then he would have to say things and it would be a problem. (laughs) I loved the way that you put that. That was perfect. (laughs) Okay, so we have a bit more. Um, This is from a Tumblr user. I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. I apologize in advance. It's Gray Slupnir. I hope that's okay. Um, I've been listening and lurking for a few years now, and I'd like to thank all of you for your comments on Game of Thrones. It was like watching a continuous multi-car crash, and I was always looking forward to listening to the podcast afterwards. At this point, I'm basically watching it for possible Jamie and Brienne scenes, Sansa, and to listen to you guys afterwards. Keep up the awesome work and looking forward to the Tyrion episodes. Okay. Sorry, I'm, I am working my way through. It's just there's a lot. <laughs> and I have to take a breath now and then. Okay. Um, and Anon writes, words cannot describe my love for your latest episode. Um, uh, it was like an hour and 45 minutes much needed therapy session for all of us. Could have been double that length for all I have to say about the hor- horribleness of Game of Thrones, to be honest. Please, Pat. Oh, here's a compliment for Devin. Please bring back Devin as often as you can. I really enjoy his voice. I hope that's not too creepy. <laughs> Can't wait for the Jamie episode. Tell me about Jamie. Fantastic Jamie. Funny Jamie. Gorgeous Jamie. And his Brienne boner. <laughs> Love you all, and I can't wait for next week. So, I've got good news for you. Uh, Devin's actually going to be on our first two Tyrion episodes. Perfect. (laughs) You'll get a double dose of Devin, who does have a great voice. He does. He has a great accent, too. Yeah. All right. We read the one by Nelephant, so I don't have to do that one. And then we have one from an Anon saying, Hey guys, love you and your podcast. Been listening since 2000. I'm just looking really quick to make sure I didn't. I How thought long I... have we been doing this? Well, they've been listening since 2014. So That's at least three God. Yeah. Oh, jeez. So good to know there, there's a podcast for possibly the best ship ever. Had a little cl- question. I'm half joking. But do you f- guys think it's possible that if the leaks turn out to be true... Jamie and Brienne are going to be killed off because Nikolai kept questioning D&D about his storylines and Gwen said she wanted Stoneheart on the show and this was their response. I I I don't think that, I I doubt that Jamie would be killed off because of Nikolai, but I do think that they absolutely would write something like Cersei will have sex with Euron and like comment about how much better it is than with Jamie. Or if Jamie and Brienne have sex, Brienne will make some remark or have some face about like how it was shitty. Like that's the kind of like quote unquote revenge they would have on him. I mean, yeah. I mean, I doubt they're going to change whether or not they kill them over it, but yeah, I, I, I am a little worried about how, I mean, not worried because it's not, it's not going to affect anything big, but like Kyle said, it might affect something oh. small. They do get slightly petty with people when they're Yeah, yeah. and Nikolai has been not exactly subtle. <laughs> no, there's, there's nothing subtle left in I mean, Nikolai. He's right gonna, I mean, you look at how Cogman had his hissy fit on Tumblr, and or not Tumblr, Twitter, and I mean, it's like, my God, I think you're a professional writer, you'd have a thicker skin, but yeah, I don't know. 
I'm yet to meet the thick-skinned writer. Where's the thick-skinned writer? Well, Kay, let me rephrase that. I think a lot of professional writers know better than to, you know, go online and engage with... Well, I I mean, not even just engage. (laughs) Purposely write things to antagonize people criticizing their work and demeaning Mm -hmm. them. And then getting pissy when people comment back about how wrong they are. (laughs) I, I take some credit for that. That was fun. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, he does deserve it. Yeah, he's so funny. Oh. Okay, our last message. Who? Um, I think some of uh the Sanan's questions we actually talked about in the body of the episode. But the Anon writes, "Hey, ladies, after having listened to more than half of your podcast episodes during the last six weeks, wow, oh, I have so to say that I'm absolutely enamored. You lot are a." Hilarious, clever, insightful group of fans, and your bitterness about Game of Chairs. <laughs> I don't know if that's like a. I love it, Game of a, Chairs. That's what you're going I love with, it. I love it. <laughs> your love towards the blessing George R. R. Martin gave us, that is commonly known as Jamie and Brienne, surpasses mine by far, which I didn't know could be possible. I probably will not watch the last season except for the scenes between, including my faves who, besides Jamie and Brienne, are Theon and Sansa, but I'm 150% sure that Jamie and Brienne will become canon one way or another. I just don't get how aunties think they won't be together. I presume that means people who don't like the ship. Um, But it'll be hilarious seeing them get angry about it. And then there's a little emoji, like, devil face. (laughs) Yes, it will be hilarious. Yeah, I mean, for as much as, you know the show annoys us the second they go canon i you know am gleefully oh. looking up several tumblr and twitter yep. accounts and laughing at their reaction i'm gonna i'm gonna check back in with some people who've said some really decisive things about how it was never gonna happen because <laughs> i'm really right. petty i'm so petty and i can't wait mm, i can't yeah. wait to gloat you know i wonder like we get you know think we get all these really nice messages and especially about the show episodes and um you know, our hatred towards the show. It sort of makes me wonder, though, like, if we're reading Tyrion chapters and we're really happy with them, is everyone going to just be bored? <laughs> no, oh, we God, will always find things to, to, to critique. I'm not worried about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Come on, especially with Tyrion. I'm sure oh, that we're... Yeah. yeah, I mean... Here's what I'm here to tell you. Um, dance. <laughs> I, don't any, I don't know of any really feminist perspective podcasts that have tackled Tyrion, book Tyrion. Oh, okay. so. Yeah, I know you're right. And by tackle, you literally mean tackle, I think. <laughs> tackle, and I, I think we might be a lot more controversial to fandom than, than maybe we realize. He does have a lot of the uh, dude bro contingent you know, I've I've seen some of the most hateful things I've seen have come from that that crowd. So this will be interesting. We might attract people that aren't current <laughs> listeners that well, will be forewarned. Well, no, but I mean his fan base. <laughs> like, just for example, um, I have seen posts from people who hate on the twelve-year-old girl who is forced to marry him because she won't have sex with him, and you know yeah. that sort of attitude of well, he's nice to her, so. You know what I mean? I I can see a lot of the stuff I've read. Not all of it. There are some people who have, like, actual, you know, very thoughtful things to say and like him. But there's a 
That's a. Group. I guess we got to steal yeah. ourselves right. for the mail, but we can. I like Tyrion. I like Tyrion. <laughs> I mean, like I didn't yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, he was one of my favorite characters, actually. Dance, dance, Tyrion. You're like, why did oh, I ever no. mess? Dance, dance, Tyrion is a whole other thing, and I will not. That's going to be like the show. I cannot yeah. do that with you guys. I'm real yeah. sorry, but that's not going to happen. Where do hoers go? We're just like crossing our fingers and hoping maybe winds will come out before we get to dance Tyrion. I don't know. I don't know. That is. Yeah, I. uh, Me and Tyrion were done after he killed. uh, Yeah. Yeah, there's only so much of the whole where do hoers go that I can take, and I. (laughs) Any any last thoughts on Jamie before we put this one to bed? Mm. Uh, Jamie Lannister's the best. And anybody who hates him sucks. How about that? Yeah. All right. So thank you guys. And um, shout out to our Patreons who uh, will get special benefits, like getting their episodes one day early. Yeah. And you guys. It's awesome. They get their day early again. Yeah, exactly. Um, You can find us in all of the places, iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, et cetera. And if you want to get in touch with us, we would love to hear from you. Um, tell us all about the mechanics of swordplay and how we don't know anything about them. That's awesome. Um, find us at closethedoorand at gmail.com or you can find us at closethedoorandcomeheared at tum- on Tumblr or doorpodcast on Twitter. And I want to thank the panel and thank you all for listening. And I am closing the door. Get out. <laughs>